You are now listening to Wave a Sound. Welcome to episode 77 of Versus Mike History. I am your host, Michael History. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen. And if we are on your preferred platform, let us know and we'll do our best to change that. For premier access to Versus Mike History content, join our members only subscription tier on versusmikehistory.com. Um, I had already, by the time I joined the, the Black Panther Party, I had already begun to to see that it was not a question of reform, that the whole, I basically had come to the conclusion that on every level, the U.S. government was an oppressive system run by and for rich people, and that there was no way that that was going to change because the whole system was based on oppression. That was how I felt. So that I was not um, interested in joining an organization that was um, interested in reforms, that was struggling for reforms. I wanted to join an organization, number one, that um, believed that the whole thing had to be changed, because that was what I, I believed. Peace family, we are back for another episode of Versus Mike History. It has been a while since I have been behind this mic. I've got to say, I've missed this a lot. I have. Um, but, you know, I just needed to take some personal time to develop myself, uh, get everything squared away with future projects that I'm working on regarding the podcast and outside of the podcast. And, you know, just taking some mental health days to sit back and, um, you know, recuperate and, uh, you know, just stay fresh for the content, you know, like everybody just needs to take some time off and, you know, reflect and, you know, think about what the next steps and all that good stuff. And that's pretty much what I took the time out to do. Um, while I was not recording the podcast. Um, and honestly, it wasn't really even a break because there was a bunch of stuff that I needed to accomplish that, um, you know, I, that, that I ended up doing, but, um, you know, just, I needed the time away from the podcast to actually do with all that being said, I hope that everyone is doing well out there. I hope everyone is staying safe. And, um, you know, uh, the times that we're living in are pretty wild. Um, all the things that are going on in the news and, um, weather changing and, you know, all the stuff like that. Uh, it's, it's, it's just a lot. It's a lot. And there's been a ton of stuff going on that, um, I have missed out on reporting in the in the meantime, but we are here today to get back into what is current and what's going on. 
um, in our community. And um, I'm here to give you my perspective on everything that is happening in the world. Um, yeah, I'm pretty excited to get started. So I'm going to go ahead and get started. Let's go ahead and get into some shout outs. All right, as always, we got to leave with love. And um, for this week's episode, I just want to shout out everybody who's been supporting the podcast while I've been taking uh, my short sabbatical. And um, everybody who's, you know, showing love. Because, you know, as a podcaster who has um, a show that has under 100 episodes, it's easy for people to, you know, gravitate towards different content if you choose to take time off. So the the love and support that I've gotten in the meantime has been immense and um, I've really appreciated it. So shout out to everybody who supports the podcast and uh, supports me in general. So, yeah. All right. I want to start by paying respect to young Dolph. He was murdered. Um, in Memphis, Tennessee, his hometown. And it's unfortunate that we have to continuously report on these types of tragedies. You know, um, he was a man who believed in independence. He owned all his masters. Uh, he owned over 100 properties in the city of Memphis. Um, he would buy foreclosures for his children on their birthdays every year. And, um, you know, he just supported his community with turkey drives and um, other initiatives. Uh, he started a, a foundation, him and his family, called the um, the the Ida May Foundation. And uh, there's just the list just goes on and on about the uh, the things that this man uh, provided to his community for them to uh, pull themselves up and exceed and excel. And, um, you know, fight through the system that we all uh, fall victim to every day. And, you know, unfortunately, we have to report on these things. But thankfully, we have him also as an example of how to uh, be just, you know, a stand up person or, you know, uh, a person to, you know, uh, admire and respect. So with that said, um, rest in peace. All right. So the new segment of the podcast is kind of going to change a bit in the sense that like there are certain topics that I talk about every week that like I look up and research from uh, black publications. But there's also other topics that, you know, are just like uh, word on the street, word of mouth type situations. And um, I'm going to split those type of topics up into two different segments. So this week's uh, news segment is going to be split up into two. That's pretty much it. And uh, I'm going to start with news first, and then I'm going to do word of mouth after. So enjoy. All right. So I have here that Delroy Lindo is to star with Mahershala Ali in Marvel's Blade. And I'm getting this from Shadow and, Shadow and the Act. So bear with me. Marvel Studios' Blade film starring Mahershala Ali has tapped another star. Daryl Lindo will also star in the film, directed by Bassam Tariq. The script was written by Watchmen writer Stacey Osei-Kafour. Osei-Kafour will be the first 
black woman to write a Marvel film, and Tariq will be the fourth director of color to work on a Marvel film, backing up Kevin Feige's instance on diversifying the MCU in front of and behind the scenes in Phase 4 and beyond. Blade is currently in pre-production. The character Blade was recently hinted at in the Disney Plus Marvel series Loki when Mobius complains to Raven Ravona Renslayer about keeping track of Loki's variants being tougher than tracking down vampires in the sacred timeline. Then it was officially concerned, confirmed excuse me, that the character was now in the MCU when Ali voiced the character in a post credit scene with Dane Whitman, Kit Harrington. Linda, who garnered critical acclaim for The Five Bloods last year, can currently be seen in Netflix's The Harder They Fall. So this is all exciting. I mean, um, well, first and foremost, Deroy Lindo is a legend. Um, his acting ability is otherworldly, and he uh, is one of the greats, period. Um, so to hear that he's joining uh, Mahershala Ali in the MCU uh, in an unknown role is very good to hear because, you know, He's one of those people that delivers every time he chooses to uh, pick up a role. And, uh, you know, it's just all exciting stuff like this Blade. This Blade movie is really shaping up. I um, don't really have any expectations going into it, to be honest, because, you know, the Wesley Snipe movies are legendary in their own right. So and this is like a whole different thing. Like this is like part of a shared universe and yada 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 but all in all very dope news and i'm excited to see what is to come of this so yeah Alrighty, next up i have here from blavity that new york senators will introduce bill to ban prosecutors from using rappers lyrics as evidence in court so senator brian hoyleman and Senator Jamal Bailey of New York City have introduced a bill that aims to discourage prosecutors from using rap lyrics as evidence against artists. The rap music on trial legislation introduced on Wednesday comes nearly two years after rapper Takashi 69 was sent to prison for multiple counts of racketeering, firearm offenses and drug trafficking. NBC New York reported. Democrats said prosecutors in the case used the rapper's music to prove his affiliation with the street gang, non-trade gangster bloods. Art is a creative expression, not a blueprint of criminal plans, uh, Hoyleman said. Yet we've seen prosecutors in New York and across the country try to use rap music, rap music lyrics as evidence in criminal cases at a practice upheld this year by a Maryland court. The Maryland case involved rapper Lawrence uh, Montague, who was sentenced to 50 years in prison for murder. Prosecutors in the case represented the artist's lyrics, convincing the court that his words bear a close nexus to the details of an alleged crime. Um, so I'm for this. You know, it's ridiculous that a rapper can go to jail based off of his music. Um... I'm not saying that an artist who commits a crime and chooses to put that in his music is, you know, intelligent, is, you, you know, doing anything intelligent. But it is ridiculous that the state is allowed to prosecute people based off of the content of their 
artistic expression is absolutely ridiculous. You know, it, it really doesn't matter what they're saying. Uh, and, you know, like, it's another thing that goes towards race and all of that other stuff. But, you know, we could get into that. That could take a whole other turn in conversation. So we'll stop there. All in all, good news. We hope that that legislation passes and that people in New York and beyond will no longer have to be prosecuted for their rap lyrics. All right, so I have here that 21 Savage and Chime are back again to donate $100,000 in scholarship money for a financial literacy program. And I'm getting this from Afrotech, so bear with me. 21 Savage is back once again to help the youth learn about financial literacy. In October 2020, Afrotech previously shared that 21 Savage and his leading by example foundation partner with Chime launched an online financial literacy and scholarship program to help high school students learn more about how to manage their money. Now, the rapper's bank account financial literacy campaign is back for the second year, according to Complex. Students are offered a six-course online program, and upon completion, those in grade 9 through 12 are invited to apply for one of the $100,000 bank account program scholarships. Since 2018, 21 has been outspoken advocate for financial literacy. His passion for continuing his campaign stems from wanting to lead by example for the younger generation. So shout out to 21. Uh, he's doing his thing with his bank account um, program scholarship and partnering with Chime is, you know, one of the right moves to promote that. So shout out to him. And shout out to everybody involved. And shout out to financial literacy in general. Go ahead and learn about how your money works and how it can benefit you. Also coming from Afrotech, Jermaine Dupri launched JD's Vegan Ice Cream, which is now available at Walmart. So, Jermaine Dupri is in the ice cream business. According to Veg News, the the Grammy Award-winning producer has teamed up with Malcolm Stogo and Big Innovations Group Incorporated to launch JD's Vegan, a three-flavor collection of vegan ice creams inspired by his hometown of Atlanta, Georgia. JD's Vegan, which is made uh, from a coconut cream base, comes, comes in the following flavors. Welcome to Atlanta Peach Cobbler, made with golden peaches and with, and with dotted crumbled cobbler. Apple butter, a buttery apple base swirled together with a toasted cinnamon streusel crumble. And Strawberry Sweetheart, featuring strawberry chunks and swirls. Jermaine Dupri is making these ice creams available at Walmart, but he's also launched a website where you can purchase ice cream by the pint for $6.79 each as well. I thought that was interesting. Um, I wanted to talk about that just because not only is uh, Jermaine Dupri venturing into uh, a business that not so many others from the music industry get into. Uh, he's also offering a vegan option, which is the healthier option rather than going to the easiest option, which is um, big dairy. And, um, you know, it's admirable. And I thought it was dope. And you can go ahead and cop it even if you don't go to Walmart, which is also very interesting. So shout out to Jermaine Dupree and um, I'm going to try to get my hands on some of that vegan ice cream. 
check that out. All right, and last but not least, Smithsonian Museum of African Art removes Benin bronzes with plans to repatriate them. And I'm getting this from Travel Noir. If you're taking a trip to Smithsonian's National Museum of African Art in Washington, D.C., in Washington, D.C., you will no longer see the Benin bronzes from the Kingdom of Benin. The museum has decided to remove and repatriate them back to what is now Southwest Nigeria. Uh, the NM... AFA had at least 16 artworks that link back to what is widely known as the 1897 raid when more than 3,000 artworks of art were looted from the Benin city by British colonial forces. It's a painful history in which soldiers burned the city, killing an unknown number of people and bringing one of the greatest kingdoms to to a violent end. The stolen art of carved elephant tusks Ceramic portraits of kings and plaques are known as the Benin Bronzes. They are scattered more than 161 museums, collections around the world. Museum curators at the Smithsonian say that stolen art represents one of the most infamous examples of British British colonialism's destructive impact on cultural heritage. And I'm glad that somebody is finally waking up and uh, making this an issue. Because this is something that has plagued um, the art world for generations and decades. So it's about time that we've gotten on the right side of history and return stolen art back to its rightful owners, man. Because, like, what the heck? Like, that's not cool. It's just not cool. So kudos. Okay, okay. It's time to get into some word of mouth. So the Shaka Khan and Stephanie Mills versus recently passed that was on thursday and i'm not gonna lie i missed it i'm so sorry that i cannot report on what happened because i did not watch it live and i haven't watched it even though it's been posted so i apologize i just wanted to report to you guys that that did happen and that that is available for you to stream currently but um, hopefully it was a wonderful celebration of two wonderful, beautiful and talented black women um, who we should be giving uh, our flower, giving their flowers to while they're still breathing. So um, it's wonderful that we got to put together that presentation for them and that people were able to witness that. Uh, but, yeah, I didn't see that. And um, I don't really know what else to say about it um but i do want to speak on the kanye west drink champs interviews for a sec because that was one of the things that i really wanted to talk about that i missed uh so kanye was on drink champs which is uh nori and dj efn's podcast and he talked about a bunch of things and i'm gonna and i'm not gonna get into everything but um, I did want to speak on his beefs with Talib Kweli and the fact that he, you know, he feels like he never really liked his rhymes, which is very interesting because, like, that was, like, one of the first people that put him on in the industry. But um, regardless, whatever, um, it was interesting that he also spoke on uh, Big Sean selling him out during the election which he felt very strongly about. Um, And he said that Big Sean was like one of the main things that 
would end him career-wise, which was weird. I thought that was a weird thing to say as a as a response to, you know, his his lack of support during the election season. Um, and I feel like that's it's something deeper there, but whatever. Um, he spoke on his relationship with John Legend, saying that John Legend completely sold out, and I thought that that was interesting because um, I think that he's right. You know, I, I think that he's right. And I think that a lot of people actually would agree with that um, sentiment. Um, and he spoke on Common a bit, but he spoke on him a little bit with a little bit more respect, just saying that he did whatever the Democrats told him to do, which I thought was uh, pretty funny because it's true. Um, and, yeah, you know, he spoke about building future homes being worth nine billion dollars. Uh, having 12,000 acres worth of land, uh, building schools and cities and uh, making his clothes more uh, readily accessible to people and, you know, kind of moving away from the idea of high fashion and moving into like more so utility clothing and things of that nature. I thought it was all interesting. Um, the thoughts and ideas were a bit everywhere but um one of the things that i admire about this interview is the fact that he stands his ground on his opinion and his viewpoints and um he speaks adamantly about black people needing to come together um while also speaking about how black people need to move away from you know the sort of democratic idea of thinking because the Democratic Party isn't helping black people, which is also true. But um, that's so heavily layered that I won't get into it here. Um, and yeah, you know, it was it was an interesting. Uh, it was an interesting uh, sight to see. And he said a lot of very interesting things and a lot of important things, in my personal opinion. And everybody should go check it out with. um a little less bias in their heart because, you know, everybody has an opinion about Kanye. But I think that, you know, at the end of the day, he deserves to be heard. He even said some super interesting things about mental health and the stigmas behind that. And, you know, um, it's all very interesting. So you should you guys should, should go check it out. Um, I also wanted to speak briefly on the Staples Center being renamed the crypto.com arena. Um, I don't really care to speak on. I mean, I don't really care about this news per se. Uh, but I think it's important to name a shift in, um, you know, in culture and idea and thinking with the adoption of cryptocurrency and the blockchain technology and things of that nature. Uh, I just wanted to speak on that because, you know, Coinbase is, uh, has their partnership with the NBA and the WNBA and beyond. And now the Staples Center is now being renamed into the crypto.com arena. And it's, you know, a lot of people who still do not know what like blockchain technology is, who do not know what Bitcoin is, who do not know what decentralized decentralization is in general and um you know i'm gonna make it my duty to 
educate you guys at least a little bit every podcast from now on uh, because it's important that we all stay in the now and stay in the uh, realm of what's coming because, I mean, crypto is here. It's not really coming anymore. It's just about how early you get on it and uh, how successful you, you integrate it into your life. Um, so yeah, that's that. What else do we have? Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, man. So that trial happened and he was found not guilty on all counts, which is kind of crazy. You know, um, it is kind of crazy, but the reality is that, um, we live in a country where that is completely possible, completely plausible, and um more than likely to happen that uh the result of that trial yeah so i can't say i'm surprised uh i am quite disappointed but um not surprised and ultimately um i can't even say that anything negative will happen or come from this he probably will um enjoy his life uh, from this point on, but, um, that doesn't change the fact that what happened there was completely immoral and it was just wrong. And, um, as long as you know that, then I think that you're on the right side of history. Um, and also, and just staying on that beat just a bit, the Ahmad Aubrey trial is also happening. And I find it interesting that no one is really speaking about um, that as much because, you know, the, the two men that are involved in, in killing that black man who was just taking a jog, uh, have admitted that they had absolutely no reason to, to, to shoot him because he wasn't acting violently. He didn't have a weapon. He wasn't interacting with them in any sense. And, um, I think that that's what we should be putting our energy towards. Uh, but all in all, these are things that I wanted to speak on without necessarily finding resources and uh, articles to, to back them up. I just wanted to give some of my views. And that's about it. So, yeah. All right, let's go ahead and get into some new music. So, Kitronata drops off an EP called Intimidated Three Songs featuring her, Thundercat, and Makami. All three bangers. I'm a big H and Ali fan, so I loved it. Uh, Asada Jones has an uh, an album out called Big Energy. Uh, French Montana drops off a project. They got Amnesia. French Montana also was uh, recently on LA Leakers and delivered a fire freestyle over multiple beats. So I think everybody should go check that out. Uh, Flip De Niro. Drops Table for One, Max B drops Negro Spirituals, and Adele drops 30. Um, that's pretty much it for music, uh, for albums at least. Uh, in terms of singles, we have a few here. We have Freddie Gibbs and Jada Kiss with Black Illuminati. That record is fire. Masego and Devin Morrison with Yams. That's also dope. Uh, Moray and Benny the, Bitch, B- Benny the Butcher with Never Fail. Maxwell with Off. 
uh, King Trey, McJenkins, and Mark Battles with Rolling Remix. Saba with Stop That. Kaz, Addicted, and 2010 by Earl Sweatshirt. Uh, that is it on new music. And um, I haven't heard all of that, but I've heard most of it. And most of it actually is dope. So go catch up on some new music. Now to get into TV and trailers and film. Um, so we recently got the second Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. And I've got to say, this movie looks really, really exciting. It looks really exciting. Um, it's so funny that studios try to cram in the absolute uh, most Spider-Man villains in the third entry of every um, franchise that we've seen so far. Uh, but it looks like this time they're actually going to get it right. And I'm really excited, man. Uh, so we see Doc Ock is confirmed. Green Goblin is confirmed. Electro is confirmed. Sandman is confirmed. The Lizard is confirmed. Uh, yeah, man, it's just it's crazy times we're living in. Crazy, crazy times. Um, and Doctor Strange is obviously plays a major part in this film and uh you know getting rumblings that venom is gonna pop up in this film as well there's it's still up in the air whether or not toby Maguire and andrew garfield are going to be in this film even though i'm of the strong belief that they will be they just don't want to ruin that um because it's been billed this movie has been billed as the end game of the Spider-Man franchise. So we've got to see what's going to happen. Um, really interested to see what direction this film takes the MCU in and what phase four will what will make of what will be the overall theme of phase four in general. You know, what will make what will come of it. Uh, yeah. What else do we have? We also have um, Kev on stage. He has a new show that is coming to his own streaming app, which is very dope. And um, I actually have an article for this. I'm getting this from Travel Noir. So comedian Kev on stage launches own show highlighting black owned restaurants. Popular social media personality and comedian Kevin Fredericks, a.k.a. Kevin on stage, is hosting a new show that will take audiences on a grand tour of black-owned restaurants in the United States, similar to similar to diners, drive-ins, and dives, but full of African-American culture and cuisine. The visionary producer, uh, the visionary is producing a special primarily for black audiences. He goes on a food frenzy across urban and rural cities in the United States, which go with one goal in mind, to discover each community's emblematic dish and go directly to the source to dine at the region's most beloved black-owned restaurants. So I thought that was really awesome and cool. Shout out to Kev on stage. Shout out to the fact that he has his own streaming app that he's producing a show on. That's amazing. Um, and look out for his show. Because I love diners, drive-ins, and dives. I love that show. So we can get a black version of that. I'm all here for it. Um, what else do we have? Succession season three. Succession is very dope. I love Succession. It's about rich people, rich white people. 
Um, I don't like rich white people, but a show about them being stressed out all the time is pretty cool. Um, Insecure, the final season. It's very cool. It's underway. Very, very interesting topics that that they're presenting to us in this final season. Interesting to see how it'll all end. Um, I don't want to speak on it too much, but it has been a journey thus far. Hopefully it picks up a little bit. I think it's been a little, little dull, but I think it will. So we shall see how it all wraps up. Um, what else? Dope sick on Hulu. I just finished that. That just ended also. Um, I watched that in real time. Amazing series, uh, covering the opioid crisis in the United States and the one company that is single-handedly uh, funded it, which is Purdue Pharma uh, and the Sackler comp- and the Sackler family who uh, ran it. That was behind it, uh, and it's very interesting because it, it captures different stories, different perspectives of the opioid crisis, and um, shows how very damaging it is to uh, rural communities. Uh, big city communities and, um, you know, how people are just greedy in general. So go check out Dope Sick on Hulu. And what else do we have? We got the 50-verse. So the 50-verse is Ghost, is Power uh, Book 2 Ghost, Power Book 3 Raising Canaan, Power Book 4 Force, and BMF. Um, these shows aren't all uh, connected. The power shows are, but not BMF. And uh, it's just amazing. You know, it's just amazing that how 50 just, you know, just took over stars. It's it's quite amazing. And it's actually funny because um, I've, all, I've seen a lot of discourse on social media about how uh, 50 shows have gotten in the way of P-Valley returning. And um, that's very interesting because where is P-Valley? You know, where is that show? But all in all, uh, BMF is ending, Power Book 2 Ghost is returning, um, and then we get Power Book 4 Force after Book 2. It's very convoluted. Uh, But if you're following along and you're watching these shows and you're enjoying it, then you know what I'm talking about. So shout out to 50, shout out to the 50-verse. And what else do we have here? Uh, We also have Red Notice. On Netflix, starring Gal Gadot, Ryan Reynolds, and um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Sorry, I lost it there for a second. Uh, yeah, that movie was cool. I watched it, and um, you know, it was way longer than it needed to be, but it was entertaining, and it was an obvious setup for a sequel at the end. But um, I thought it was cool. I think that those three have chemistry. I just tired of watching movies that are made to create franchises. I wish that people would just create a film just to create a film. But um, that's the era that we live in. Everything has to be IP with these streaming platforms. So, yeah. And uh, last but not least, I wanted to touch on the King of Napa trailer. That is a series that is coming to OWN, which is Oprah Winfrey Network. Uh, and yeah, you know, 
it looks very dope. It's about a black family that um, inherits a uh, a uh, a winery. A uh, yeah, I believe that's what it is. I'm sorry, but yeah, it, it's a very dope show. It's very high class. It's about black wealth and all of these things. Very dramatic and um, very on brand for the own network. So go check out Kings of Napa. The trailer's out right now, and it's. Set to premiere on own soon. I don't even know the premiere date. And yeah, that's pretty much it. So, as always, send topics, questions, music, and movie suggestions. Follow the podcast on Twitter at VS Mike History and on Instagram and the fanbase app at Versus Mike History. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike History and on Instagram at Last Name History. And this week's sound selection comes from Currency. Featuring Fendi P. It is entitled Bad Decisions and it comes from the project Still Stoned on Ocean. Go ahead and check that project out and uh, stay beautiful and black people. I'm a veteran in the coffin. Always make sure my next move will always be my best. It's a tangled web. Remote in the sheets, somewhere tangled in the bed. Fuck whatever on, we gon' leave it here. Sound like your friends been getting in your head. About how they handle shit if I was their man. But that's just it. They ain't you and you ain't them. Off rip. Look at your neck, both of your wrists. Look at what you draw, girl. How could you trip? Already know that I live in the mix. I'm on the never ending road to getting rich. Every day above ground calls for grip. Smoked out, nigga, told around the pine like a zip. My player fragrance keep them bitches in amazement. Forgetting pride engagements to hide away with. Why I was made for this Love me but cautiously Cause it's dangerous Living with bad decisions Mad cause you chillin' Yeah, it could've been you But it isn't Yeah, you could've played it cool But you didn't I wanted more from you Than I adjusted Said fuck it I don't want nothing You disgusting Because you done with You ain't the one You not even a number You another You an ex I'm a veteran I'm a convent Always make sure My next move Will always be my best I'll be lying If I say I know Options like sunroofs and heated levels Love, I try to let you shine, 50 point and shine And even if I lose you, watch I bounce back with two Even better, since the day I met you Still ain't treat you like these hoes, I was way respectful Don't tell me what no hoes say, who out your living stress And you ain't gon' treat me like these lanes, be damn if I let you down Played the Lex Cooks, Fendi with the beanie on Own it if I'm leaning on all hundreds left the visas home. I do more bitches before I go back and forth with them. Could tell she used to them emotional niggas. Dangerous. Yeah. 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 Living with bad decisions. Mad cause she chillin'. Yeah, it could've been her, but it isn't. She could've played it cool, but she didn't. 
Lips ain't ships, my shit.